What are you working towards today? Maybe it's starting a business, writing a book, or launching your podcast. Whatever it is, you will need bravery to accomplish your goal. This is the Live Brave Podcast. I am your host, Erlena Green Hamilton, former sports executive turned writer and author of The Beginner's Guide to Finding Your Brave. This show is all about practical advice, life hacks, interviews, and much more to inspire you to live your bravest life. This show is much more than another motivational podcast. Listen now and see why. For today's show, I chat with Adu. Adu is currently the Associate Creative Director of Digital and Social Media at Carol H. Williams Advertising. The author of a new book, Don't Insert Title Here, The Guide Towards Creative Freedom and Success. Adu has degrees in graphic design as well as advertising from Savannah College of Art and Design in Alabama A&M University. He has worked with big name brands like Coca-Cola Company, NBA, Pizza Hut, PepsiCo, the Dallas Cowboys, JC's Penny, Spotify, and AT&T, just to name a few. Otto has also been recognized for his impactful work by D Magazine, Dallas Weekly, BET, CNN, Revolt TV, and CW33. The key to finding your brave is waiting on no one to give you permission to do anything. Let's jump right in. Um, before we jump into your amazing book, I wanted to get a little into your background. Let's get a little bit to where you started. Did you always know you wanted to be a creative? You know what? Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, when I, I was six, it was so funny. My mom always tells this story <clears throat> about how I was, when I was little, I used to just, I, I just had outbursts, you know, um, I just had to always let something out. And so I say that to say that I think it was at that age, that's when my creative emotions, as I like to say, were just pouring out. Um, I knew that I wanted to uh, create things and I wanted to do things for the world. And I didn't necessarily know how to express that. So it came through the form of creating, doing things. I didn't have to think about it and I didn't have to yell about it. It was like I could physically do things, whether that was drawing or acting or singing or writing songs or uh, doing things in organizations. I was always doing something creative. And so I can honestly say that ever since I was six years old, I've been doing this. The older I get, the more it becomes a little bit more insane, to be honest, because I'm just like, oh gosh, you know, I've been doing this for a while now, but um, I love it, and it's it's truly a blessing. Now you've got a you've got a lot of background. Like I mentioned in the introduction, you have done a lot. You were part of so many organizations. Um, graphic design, photography, videography, and fine arts is all a part of um, your medium of creating. When you were younger, what was your earliest beginnings of in creativity? Was it in drawing, or was it in taking photos, or what was that for you? You know, um, in saying that, um, there was a point in time to where my mom, she was a single parent. And so uh, it really uh, kind of opened the door for me having to constantly find things for me and my siblings to do. And so that's what I would do, whether it was creating haunted houses uh, with our bunk beds or it was, you know, doing things with Play-Doh. But I was just always finding something for us to do what you know allowed me to express my creativity. And then I can say in school, it actually was a bit hard because sometimes, and that's why I'm so passionate about education, I actually had the pleasure to be a professor for uh, 
roughly two and a half years, but when it comes to the educational, uh, you know, uh, landscape, it's very, very hard sometimes for teachers to understand their students. And I think that that was the case with me in elementary school yeah. because my teachers didn't truly understand who I was, what I was doing, my creativity. So I was kind of um, stifled a little bit um, in terms of being able to, to, to allow school to be an outlet for that. Uh, which is why I also think that educational uh, art programs are so important to have in schools. But um, I would say in school that I really started exploring um, my my creativity as a graphic designer. Now, as I mentioned in the introduction, of course, you're extremely active. Um, where did you find the time to create your book, Don't Insert Title Here? That, <laughs> I got to mention to the audience, by the way, congratulations, has sold over 1,500 units. So that's big oh. ups and big congratulations to that. But where did you find you the time? Like, okay, <laughs> I don't even know where I found the time. I want to know where do I find those people because every time I get on the iBook store, it's, it's truly awesome. I can say that I, I found the time to actually write the book um, through social media. So that's what I currently do. I'm the Associate Creative Director at Carol H. Williams Advertising. So I'm here in the Bay Area, Oakland. I think that the thing about social media is sometimes we, we do so much content curation mm -hmm. that I realized that my status, my statuses on uh, Facebook were becoming rather lengthy. And so I was like, why do I keep on doing like these one-off statuses? So every time I was like tempted to do this long status about um, an aduism, as I coined it, or anything that was happening in my life, I decided to put it in a Word document. And so about, um, maybe, that was maybe about three years I, I was doing that. And then finally, just last year, you know, I was able to compile all of these uh, Facebook statuses together to create a book. It is the craziest thing. <laughs> it is the craziest thing. And also it's the craziest process, but when it comes to uh, creativity and being creative, the number one rule, and I write about this in the book, yeah, is yeah. that you must, create, you must uh, trust the creative process no matter what. I want to talk about what really, you talked a little bit about social media, and of course so many people do so many different things with social media. And it looks like for you, when I asked the question, what inspired the book? It looks like for you, it was taking pieces from the culture um, and from your life and, and putting them together into this book. Um, is that really what inspired the book for you? Or where would you say the inspiration came from to really compile all these things into one place so that uh, your audience can, and, and the people that follow you, and of course, love your work, and again, kind of read these things all pulled together. What really inspired that? It really came from a place of understanding the importance of a legacy and also understanding the importance of what I wanted to do. I mean, just as much as other people have, you know, told me that they have been motivated by the book or by doisms, I'm motivated by it my, myself, you know. Um, I think that to kind of take a step back and have a go-to guide of my experience, where I started, where I want to go, where I have not even explored yet, you know, still, I'm still, I'm still very fresh in, in all of this, to be honest. Um, and I know a lot of people say, oh my God, you've done so much, but there's so much more that, that I really want to do. And so, um, it really just came from a place of being able to reflect, sit back, and just 
put my thoughts down and we don't do that enough. Mm -hmm. Uh, We really kind of just move so fast that we don't put our thoughts down. And some people they're like, oh my gosh, I'm too young. You know, I'm only 25 or 30, what have you, or, or maybe even, or, or maybe I'm too old, you know, to write a book. But I just think that there's never a, a wrong time. And you know this, I mean, absolutely love your platform of uh, Be Brave and to live brave, I think is, is huge. And, you know, you, you've done that yourself. So congratulations to you as well. But um, yeah, I think that it's important for us to put our thoughts down and to have it in a cohesive piece instead of being so one dimensional with a Facebook or a tweet post. Yeah. Yeah. And I think you mentioned something earlier. I want to touch on this. You mentioned, you know, where all these people came from. And I think what people gravitate to with creatives in general um, is the truth in the voice, the truth in the messaging. And so that brings me to one of my favorite parts in your book. I'll quote it um, is when you said the three pointers to success. Number one is, of course, to embrace all creative projects with positive energy. Number two, to think about the big picture. Number three, always think about the human truth while designing. And I really want to want you to elaborate or really expand on the human truth part. I think that you should understand emotion. You should have a sense of self. Um, sometimes when we put things out, we're, we're almost doing it without thinking about our uh, consumer and, and who we are or, or ultimately what we're doing. You know, the human truth is how can you relate to somebody crying? How can you relate to somebody laughing? How can you relate to, you know, someone feeling hurt? And I think that through content or through anything that we, you know, put out in the world in which we want a response, if you are BSing someone, people will know and you won't get a response. And so I just try to keep that in mind as I'm creating to make sure that I am um, authentic through my messaging and my uh, creativity. That's what I find talking with creatives, talking with um, people who, who, who seek out or who want to be creatives. Um, I think it's starting there. What does authenticity look like? How do you find that, that authentic voice? And then how do you proceed forward with that? Meaning, how do you say, I'm, I'm going to shut out the world. I'm not going to care about other people's opinions of my work. Yeah. I'm going to create impactful work that um, I, I do hope to receive a response from. There's, there's a sense of uh, vulnerability with that. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, I think that there is a sense of vulnerability that some people actually really, what's the word, somewhat, uh, they're, they're nervous about it. But in order to create these conversations, in order to talk, in order to have that sense of dialogue in which we don't have, you have to be vulnerable and you have to let your thoughts out, especially from a branding standpoint. Sometimes people are just so one dimensional uh, because they're, they, they're so um, concerned about the, the brand that's tied to the profit, which I understand, but we're all human. And right. so you have to know how to balance that. I tell you the perfect um, imbalance of that, which uh, I think that we're seeing right before our, our eyes is Donald Trump. Um, You know, I think that there is a sense of authenticity that Donald Trump has to him. Now, a lot of people may kill me. And actually, a lot of people told me that I'm insane for doing this. I follow not only do I follow him on Twitter, but I also um, I also have, um, you know, noted to get his notifications of when he tweets, because I need to know exactly what he's thinking and what he's saying, because he ultimately 
is um, insane in a lot of the things that he's saying, <laughs> number one. But I also want to be aware. But there's an imbalance there because he's not aware of people's reactions, how how people feel or what they're saying. I say that to say that, you know, you can definitely still be vocal about issues and have a conversation. But while you're doing that, you should be trying to understand one another at the same time. Another thing that you mentioned in the book is you said you started in when you started in the industry, uh, um, creative directors and HR representatives used to say to you, you have to pick one. So what are you? Are you a graphic designer? Are you a photographer? Are you a videographer? Are you a fine artist? And your reaction, which is absolutely priceless, is aren't you getting <laughs> the best bang for your buck? And so my question to you is, what is the importance of having diverse tools in your creative toolkit? I think that it's, it's important in the sense of you never know where you're going to land or what you're going to have to utilize. Um, it makes you indispensable uh, in terms of where you're working at times. You know, you're able to uh, obtain and have multiple creative talents. Mm -hmm. I think that it's a win-win, especially when you have to be knowledgeable about so many different things. We're truly living in a day and time to where I do think that the dial has shifted um, when it comes to what you learn, what you know, and also what you do. One of the hardest things I think for a lot of creatives is to explain exactly what it is that they do. Right. Um, yeah. Not even creatives. I think that it's hard for anybody to explain what they do because at the end of the day, we all don't know what the hell we're doing, but we're trying to do our <laughs> best at doing it. Right. Um, <laughs> so, you know, that being, saying, uh, that being said, excuse me, it comes with walking in purpose and knowing that what you're doing is making a difference. And so for me, I knew that I was um, multifaceted when it came to my creative talents and what I was doing. And that is just how I was able to function. I could not function just being a graphic designer and designing. My mind and the way that I um, got things done did not work like that. I was a conceptual thinker. I thought about strategy. I thought about the commercials. I thought about the photography. I thought about the clothes. I thought about how to design it. I thought about what they should say, when they should wear, when it should take place. Like that is just how my mind works. Um, and so that was the best way for me to be successful at um, a company. And so, you know, when I would go into interviews and, and tell them about those different things, it came off as, well, you do too much or they were overwhelmed, oh, which wow. I understand. But at the same time, it was almost like, hey, listen, if you allow me to be in this lane and do what I'm able to do, then your company will be profitable and your clients will be happy. And I think so to answer that question, aren't they getting the best bang for their buck if they're smart? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Yes, they, they, they are. If they're smart. To they are. <laughs> <laughs> I think having a diverse toolkit, it can't do anything but serve you greatly, um, not only today, but in the future. Oh, yeah. So my next question for you, when we look at society today, when we look at, of course, we mentioned this earlier, we mentioned his name earlier, we're going to mention it again here, the election um, of Donald Trump. Why do you feel it is important um, to address things going on in the culture and society today through the medium of design, cinematography? Also, is it important that art that an artist should use his or her creativity to create change and address the issues of the world? 
Yeah, things have definitely shifted. You know, I was explaining this actually to someone. So I'm here in Oakland, California, um, the founding grounds of the Black Panthers. And so I was speaking to a Black Panther actually the other day about that conversation and also, you know, the the going back to being authentic, you know, when it comes to social justice and social causes, that things have changed. Um, and so how you know, um, a lot of people that actually stood up for us when it came to issues uh, that they were facing uh, during their time and also during, um, you know, different phases of life when it came to protesting, uh, it's done totally different. Uh, mm-hmm. A lot of people are protesting on their cell phones and actually seeing results is a real thing, you know. Yeah. Um, when you think about some of the, the main people that are actively marching or actively being vocal about different things happening, whether it's Ferguson or Donald Trump or Hillary or Russia or, um, you know, marriage equality, all those different things, social media is really um, kind of shifting. So, you know, I don't discredit a photographer if they're taking pictures during a protest. Actually, one of my really, really good friends, you guys should follow him on uh, Instagram. Um, his name is Adrian Octavius Walker. Um, And so, you know, during the whole Ferguson uh, situation, he was on ground uh, shooting a lot of pictures. And so the the importance of that actually goes beyond, you know, anything that, you know, people would want to discredit because he could simply be looked at as a photographer. That's okay. You're just taking a pitch. You're just taking pictures. What difference is that making? Mm -hmm. But being able to be authentic and take pictures of how you're seeing it through your eyes and what's happening is very important. So I think that the use of uh, photography or the use of creativity uh, from a social standpoint and to bring justice to a situation is very important. Right. Right. I could not agree with you more. A lot of the change that we're going to see happen is going to be on the backs of, of what tech, what whatever the primary communication piece that is going on in the society today. And for us, for our generation, for millennials, that is technology, that is social media. Um, and that is that is understanding those platforms so you can create that change. Um, I would also like, if you can talk a little bit about some of the performance art pieces that you've been a part of, that you've put together, unsung change makers. Um, talk a little bit about some of those projects that you have done using creativity to put a message out there. I want to say it was during the verdict of Trayvon Martin. I will never forget it was like the first time I was actually like literally in tears um, because yeah. I was like, I was like, what is, I was like, what's happening? Like, is this real life? Yeah. You know, when there was no uh, justice basically given for that situation. So that moved me to create an art installation. It was called African Media. And so it really dealt with the, um, the, the overall portrayal of African-Americans in the media to where the way that we were viewed, the way that we were depicted, um, and just the way that the media has kind of like curated these these stories when it comes to black people and how we looked or how different things should happen. I think that I just think that there was just so much going on. But I created the art installation, totally turned a museum into a uh, satirical radio station that depicted the way African-Americans were viewed. And so, you know, just through doing that, if anything, I really let I really wanted people to know that sometimes the overall portrayal that you see on television and how African-Americans are being victimized and also being uh, 
you know, held accountable for police brutality issues is not accurately um, true. And the way that it's depicted is dependent upon this uh, news station that um, unsung change makers, you know, once again, wanting to really be able to tell the stories of our ancestors, making sure that our history didn't get lost, that it doesn't get lost. I mean, even when you think about, you know, internally within our own families, there's so much history that gets lost um, from, you know, from, from lineage. So just, yeah. you know, just letting people know that that's important and actually gearing up for my next art show. Uh, very, very excited about that. I've uh, been kind of teasing a little bit of work on Instagram, but it's still a work in progress. But definitely through all of my fine art, all of my art, all of my projects, installations, is I always have a cohesive message that I want people to leave with. You know, I you said teasing a little bit on Instagram, and I almost want to poke and prod to get out more information from you. I would I would not be a I would not be a true host of this show if I did not ask you for my audience and for all creatives out there, I mean, for people who are who are wanting to step into the creative sphere. What is your creative routine? How do you get inspired? And of course, how do you focus? <laughs> Yeah, yeah, you know, um, the biggest inspiration for me is just, you know, I feel like it's greater powers outside of myself. Um, when I have an idea, I just act on it. And I really trust my instinct and also my passion. And, you know, in terms of creative, sometimes we question just a little bit too much. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I think that, you know, we can definitely be um, in an area of our lives to where we need to be a little bit more confident about what we want to do, what projects we want to put out there, how we want different things to take place. So, you know, I've realized that when I have an idea and the passion's there, that I need to act on it, which is the reason why the book is out and it's up there. To be honest, you asked a great question earlier because I myself am just like, when did I have time to write this book? And when did I have time to work like all these kinks out with the iTunes and to get the book up? And when yeah. did I have time to do the photo shoot? And when did I have time to do this? Video? The whole thing about it is there was a point that I had time and that it was the passion. And, yeah. you know, like I said, I'm on to the next project. Very excited about this one, but the work doesn't stop because, like I said, there's so many ideas and different things that I want to do. So... Yeah. I say passion. It really comes from a place of just passion and, and being able to go and not having and not second guessing and also being OK with failing. I am so comfortable failing that it's almost scary. Um, yeah. But I think that when you are so comfortable uh, failing is when you will probably see the most success because you're not fearful of anything. I love that you say being comfortable with failing because most of us, you know, most creators, that is probably the biggest thing holding them back um, is that fear of failure. Um, now, of course, when we talk about an artist's routine, are you a morning worker? Does a bulk of your ideas come in the morning? Do they come late at night, you know, past 11 o'clock? Uh, what is kind of an average kind of work kind of flow for you? What does that look like? Well, I'm a bit of a, a early bird and also a night owl. So, okay, you know, so you're not sleeping at I'm all. A, yeah, exactly. Yeah. It's, it's, it's kind of, it's, it's kind of insane. It really just depends. Sometimes at night, you know, I'll have all these different ideas and you'll get a, you know, a 2 a.m. email from, from me. Um, sometimes you'll get a 6 a.m. email from me. And then some people are like, wait, when do you sleep? And I'm like, look, 
I take some very, very strong naps. Uh, so I, I do find time. <laughs> I do find time to sleep for sure. But, you know, when I'm up, I'm definitely um, moving and, and getting things yeah. done. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I have two more questions for you. Of course, I want you to tell everyone where can they find your book? Where can they pick their copy up? Don't insert its title here. The Guide Toward Creative Freedom and Success. Um, and then, what, you know, of course, what are your social media handles? So where can people follow you at, find your work? And then, of course, if you could share any projects coming up or not. Uh, so where, where, can they, where can they get your book, find you on social media? Yeah, absolutely. Well, first and foremost, thank you so much for, for having me on. Um, really, really excited and also uh, really love what you're doing. It's, it's, it's so great. Um, especially within this landscape of media. So thank you so much for having me on. Um, but yeah, if people go to www.aduyou.com, um, A-D-U-Y-O-U.com, uh, that's also my uh, Twitter handle, Instagram handle, A-D-U-Y-O-U.com. Um, so, you know, you can find different things there. You can also find the book there as well. Um, like I said, in terms of next projects, um, I do have a couple of different things that are pending. Like I said, I'm still working on my upcoming show, really still trying to like conceptually see where I'm going with it. A lot of it's just a bit exploring. I have a couple of new uh, techniques that I've um, incorporated or whatnot. So yeah, just doing all those different things. But uh, I can say in terms of for this year, really still focusing on the book, going to a couple other schools to talk about the book. Um, but yeah, really focusing just on the book and the, and the journey with don't insert title here, the guide to creative freedom and success. So if I'm excited to see where, where, where I land with it. Well, thank you for that. And thank you so much for being here. Um, I had one, one last question I'd love to close with. Um, I think it's always important to define our lives, to organize them in a way that best empowers us. Um, and then what would we, of course, leave behind? And so my question for you is, how would you define living brave? And if you had one thought or idea to leave the world, what would it be? Living brave is being understanding and accepting failure. In order to live brave, you have to understand failure. You have to understand and accept that. And then in regards to the second question, I think uh, if I had to leave one, you know, if I had to leave one thing of, you know, some words of advice for the, for the world in terms of um, just anything that I stood for, say that you should pursue your passion and that you should let passion drive you. And hopefully through everything that I'm doing, people will know that it comes from a place of love and passion. Very nice. Well, thank you, Adu, again for being here. I enjoyed yeah. having you on the show. Um, I think creatives are changing. They have been. They always have. And they always will be, uh, be setting the tone and, and being change makers for the world, making it, um, as cliche as it sounds, a much better place for us all to reside in. Um, the world be a much better place if everyone was creative. Everyone, remember, check out his new book, Don't Insert Title Here, The Guide Towards Creative Freedom and Success. Again, I do thank you so much for being on the show today. You've just heard episode 12 of the Live Brave podcast. You can continue the conversation with me on Twitter at Erlina Green, hashtag Live Brave Podcast. 
Also, please head over to erlinagreen.com. There you can hear the latest podcast. If you heard this on iTunes, don't forget to subscribe, like, and comment. Remember, guys, live brave, love people. I'll see you guys next time.